I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. My name is Ashley, and I am planning my own unconventional budget micro-wedding in the middle of a pandemic. If you don't feel represented in mainstream wedding media, if you haven't been dreaming about your wedding day since you were six years old, and if you don't want to have an Instagram wedding, then you are in the right place. Hello, and welcome back to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. Today, we've got a little bit of a different episode. I'm calling it a bonus episode, um, basically because it's not exactly about wedding planning, but it is wedding planning adjacent. Um, so if you're interested, stick around. If not, uh, stick around anyways. I like the I like the plays. <laughs> but today's episode is all about the Netflix show Marriage or Mortgage. So I'll start off the episode with a spoiler-free, just general discussion of the premise of the show and some thoughts. And then I'm going to dive deep into each episode, give a few of my thoughts, as well as an update on where the couples are, according to a women's health magazine. I did not do uh, research beyond reading this women's health article. Um, so please don't don't fact check me. But uh, spoiler free to start things off. So Marriage or Mortgage is a show airing on Netflix currently. And the idea is that an engaged couple in the Nashville area has to decide between putting their money towards a down payment on a house or paying for a wedding. Most of the couples seem to have a budget of between twenty dollars to $35,000, and that would either get them uh, the wedding of their dreams or the wedding that they wanted, or it would get them into a home, usually somewhere from two to four bedrooms, it looked like, mostly standalone homes. We saw a couple townhomes. We might have seen a condo. I can't quite remember. Um, and they will either work with uh, a real estate agent or a wedding planner. So basically they go out and they spend a day with the real estate agent named Nicole. She shows them a bunch of houses. Uh, she's usually sort of um, added a few extras into the house so they can really see themselves living there. 
And then they'll spend another day out with Sarah, who is the wedding planner, and she'll show them some options for their wedding, things that'll work within their budget, um, some extras. And then at the end, the couple comes together, meets up with Sarah and Nicole at their office. Sarah and Nicole give their final pitch, why you should pick the house, why you should pick the wedding. They throw in some bonuses, some perks, and then the couple has to decide marriage or mortgage. And then of course, we end the show by sort of a little follow up, you know, three months later, that sort of thing. We see them on their wedding day or at their house or wherever life has taken them. So when I first saw this show pop up on Netflix, I was like, oh, that's a really interesting premise. And right away, I was like, oh, I would pick neither, which is hilarious because I am someone who uh, recently had a mortgage. I sold a home recently uh, and I am planning a wedding. So obviously in my real life, I actually picked both. I picked marriage and mortgage. Um, but right now I feel like I would pick neither if I had uh, $20,000 to $35,000 in my pocket, I would probably pick uh, investment or really awesome honeymoon. <laughs> um, I don't know, Peloton bike, those seem to be cool. Um, but you know, I did, I did the thing, I bought the house and I kind of regret it. It didn't really work out in our situation. We didn't love being homeowners and then we didn't love being landlords as we had rented out the home. It's very stressful and we are much happier just renting. Of course, I don't live in Nashville and it does seem like, you know, they kept talking about how the housing market's really hot in Nashville, but people were buying homes for anywhere from, I think it was what, 200,000 up to four or 500,000 and they were getting standalone detached homes with, you know, three, four bedrooms, nicely renovated. In my market, that would get you like a one bedroom condo, <laughs> maybe. So uh, it's a definitely a different ball game depending on where you live. Um, but they were saying the Nashville market is, is hot and is tight. So who knows? Um, but I thought I would go into the show, you know, almost mad at them when they chose wedding because it just seemed so impractical. Like, why would you pick to blow all of your money on this one day event when you could be getting a house instead? But as, as the show went on, um, I, I came around. There were a few cases where people did choose wedding and I went, you know what? Good call. Good call. Um, or they picked house and I kind of said, oh, actually, you know what? The wedding might have been a better choice for you too, um, which is great. I think the show actually did a really good job at sort of laying out both uh, cases and it wasn't like a pro marriage or a or, sorry, pro wedding or pro house buying show. They were pretty even uh, as far as far as I could tell a few quibbles I did have. So the way they've set this up, I think this is still spoiler free. I'm not getting into any of the actual details of what couples picked, but the way they set it up is that they have the marriage or mortgage office. And that's where Nicole, the real estate agent and Sarah, the wedding planner work out of. And that just seemed like the most ridiculous thing to me. Like, obviously this is a great premise for a TV show, but this isn't an actual business. Engaged couples don't actually seek out the marriage or mortgage office to help them make this decision. They, they make the decision themselves and then they seek out a real estate agent or a wedding planner. There's obviously not an office that <laughs> these two women work out of. And, you know, every every time they have a client, they, they're not sure if they're actually going to get to sell a house or plan a wedding. They have to compete. Like, clearly that's just made up for television. So I don't know why the show had to go out of their way to show us, oh, yes, this is their office. Like, clearly this was a house they rented on Airbnb. And we'd have to do a little, you know, song and dance when Sarah would walk into Nicole's office or, you know, find her on the couch and say, oh, hey, I've got our next clients, like for the TV show, everyone gets it. No way this is a real life thing. 
I also didn't love that they made Nicole and Sarah, the real estate agent and the wedding planner, sort of bicker. Um, it did seem, you know, a little bit forced. And at the end of the day, they obviously just wanted what was best for the couple and each couple was in their own unique situation. However, I did appreciate that they made the, you know, forced bickering a thing between the real estate agent and the wedding planner and not so much between the couple because on shows like, for example, House Hunters, if you're familiar with that show, they always make one partner in the couple um, you know, okay, this person is team like city living and the other person is team suburbs. And you always have to be, you know, at odds with each other on everything, the budget, the location, the size, the style. And it's just like, okay, most couples are on the same page about most of those things. There might be a few things you differ on, but why do you always have to fight each other? It's, it's silly and it's forced. And I think people would still watch House Hunters, even if the couples were on the same side, but I digress. So I do appreciate that for the most part, they allowed the couples to be on the same team. And even if the couples came into it with, okay, one person wants the house and one person wants the wedding on the day when they were out, you know, looking at houses or out doing the wedding planning, they allowed both members of the couple to get excited about the things that they were seeing, which I thought was really nice. Um, last point before I jump into some spoilers, I will say, of course, the couples who, um, you know, did choose house, obviously could still get married and the couples who chose wedding could obviously still buy a house. It's not like you were locked into one decision, never going to do the thing again. However, I do think the couples who chose house probably had an easier time still getting married because the nice thing about a wedding is really you can downsize it. You don't have to spend 25 grand, 30 grand, 35 grand, or more on a wedding. You can have a small wedding, you can spend just a couple thousand dollars, you could probably even spend just a couple hundred dollars. I think my last, you know, 50 plus episodes prove that there are so many different ways to get married. Unfortunately, there aren't so many different ways to buy a house. If your dream really is to buy a home, sure, you could downsize a little, you know, you could go for a condo or a townhouse instead of a detached house, maybe you could move to a different market. Um, you could rent for a while, but if your plans are to, you know, be homeowners in the area where you are for the size of family that you have or that you want to have, there really aren't that many options. So, you know, just the realist in me, the logical person says, you know, go for the home, spend that big amount of money, the $25,000, put that into a down payment and you can still get married. You just have a smaller wedding. It's downsized. It's less frills. It's no helicopter rides. Yes, that is a real part of the show. Um, and you can, you know, still have that great day. And of course you can still actually get married. The, the concept of marriage or mortgage, you can have a mortgage and you can get married. You might just not be able to have that big, huge, expensive, lavish wedding. Lastly, I will say the discounts that Sarah and Nicole presented at the end of uh, each episode before the couple made their decision. Yeah, those things don't really work. Your real estate agent is not going to be able to throw in a bunch of like free perks. They might be able to help you negotiate the price and maybe it's a few things like, oh, hey, the, you know, the previous owners will leave in the television or they'll you know, take a few thousand dollars off of the price so you can put in your own fence, but they're not going to like set up a baby nursery for you or buy you a pinball machine. Same with the wedding planner. Sure, she might have some, you know, networking abilities in the industry. She might be able to get you some cool vendors and get you a great price, but she's not going to be able to get you buy one, get one free dresses or, you know, just huge 50% savings off of the price. So if you are totally brand new to wedding planning or home buying, please don't expect your real estate agent or wedding planner to be able to get you these 
absolutely wild deals that Nicole and Sarah were able to get their couples. Okay, so hopefully that is enough of a spoiler-free discussion for you. If you're intrigued by this, I definitely encourage you to go check out the series Marriage or Mortgage on Netflix. It's super fun. Um, yeah, I think it's it helps you sort of put some things into perspective. You get to meet a lot of cool couples. There are really great ideas for uh, weddings. And if you're into any of those sort of home shows on HGTV, this will be right up your alley. Okay, after this, we are getting into the spoilers. So this is your last chance. If you haven't seen the show, get out now, press pause, go watch it, and then come on back. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, we are officially entering spoiler territory. So I'm going to go through all of the couples that we met on Marriage or Mortgage, 10 episodes, 10 couples, sort of give you a little bit of a refresh about, you know, who they were, what their deal was, what they chose, my thoughts on it, because, you know, that's why you're here to get my thoughts, as well as an update on where they are now. And again, this is according to a women's health article. So if you don't believe it, go ahead and take that up with women's health. Okay. So the first uh, couple was Evan and Liz, their episode number one, it's called New to Nashville. So their whole thing was they were moving to Nashville for the first time. And they wanted to have this wedding that would sort of like introduce all of their friends and family to Nashville, a place they really love. They're really into live music, um, but they also, you know, wanted to obviously find a place to live because this was, you know, a new city that they had moved into. So at the end of the day, spoilers again, they went with wedding. And that's when we saw that obviously this whole series had been filmed kind of in the lead up to COVID because we got that text on screen saying that unfortunately due to COVID, they had to downsize their wedding. And I have to say in this very first episode, I was so team house. Like I was outraged that they decided to go with wedding and then even more outraged that their wedding had to be downsized. So they probably didn't end up spending all of that money since they, you know, didn't get their desired venue. They probably didn't do the trolley cars, all of these things. So they really should have gone with the house, like the house that they were shown, the one that they, you know, sort of chose as their favorite. It was huge, had that big backyard, it was close to downtown. And then there was that giant price drop. I was like, hello, all the signs are pointing to house. What are you doing? But I do understand, you know, they're new to Nashville. It's kind of a big commitment when you move to a new city to automatically jump into buying a house. So the update from Women's Health is that Evan and Liz, you know, they got married and they are currently renting in downtown Nashville. And I think that actually makes a lot of sense. Hopefully they didn't spend all of that little nest egg and they do still have some money. So when they're ready to buy, they can still, you know, afford to. Um, but I think it does make sense for them to rent for a little while, figure out if they like Nashville, if they want to stay and where in the city they want to stay. 
Okay, episode two. This one was called Adopting New Traditions with Denise and Nick. So this was the couple, uh, super cool. He had that like really funky mustache. It was his second marriage and he had a daughter from his first and they really had a heart for adoption because Denise's dad uh, was adopted and she had unfortunately lost him to suicide quite recently. They seemed like a very cool, fun couple. They were planning sort of like an Elvis themed Graceland wedding. At the end of the day, they did decide to go with house. And I think that was mostly for their kids, for their future. Um, you could kind of tell when they kept talking about his daughter and, you know, wanting to be closer to her, closer to her school, wanting to have children in the future, that they were very much um, future oriented and being such a, you know, family, um, family oriented, future oriented, they were just very oriented, uh, being so into their family that the house was going to be a really big deal for them. So I'm excited that they went with the house. We did see at the end that they ended up eloping, which I think was really good because again, if the timing on this was just before COVID, that's awesome that they were able to do a little elopement and not have their plans ruined because of the pandemic. And it did seem like it was more their style, despite Nick saying that he had eloped for his first marriage and wanted to do something bigger this time. Time, it really did seem like, you know, the perfect uh, wedding for them. And I did hear them talking on another podcast saying that, like, it was a really cool sort of adventure style elopement. They had to, like, do a hike and they brought, you know, a photographer and a videographer and that sort of thing. So that seems very cool. Um, throughout the episode, I think we were definitely leaning towards house as uh, Nicole seemed to show them a bunch of options that really worked for them that would fit their family. And then Sarah, for some reason, seemed to show them things that just, like, really seemed outside of their budget. So their budget was $25,000 if you, you know, if you don't recall, and she was showing them these vignettes that were going to cost like five or $10,000 each or something like some wild amount of money for uh, vignettes, where, which are essentially just like really stylish sofas and tables. So like, that's not even, you know, something you actually need at your wedding. It's just like an extra. And then she had Denise fall in love with this $3,200 dress plus the veil, which was going to be even more than that. Like you can't spend a fifth of your budget on your dress and your veil and then I don't know the other four fifths on vignettes so it seemed a little a little silly uh during the actual episode obviously in my opinion they should have gone for house and they did which I think was great the update from women's health is that they are very happy in their new home happy that they eloped and they're trying to start uh, a bit of an Instagram business to try to inspire other people to look into adoption and to I don't know live their life they definitely seem like the type who are trying to pivot this little uh, uh, marriage or mortgage experience into a bit of like an influencer job and like no hate go for it if you guys can do it awesome um so that that's where they're at episode three was called mother knows best and this was with precious and alex and uh mother-in-law dorothy came with them on all of the house tours and seemed to be very involved in their life they seemed like a very sweet couple i did notice that alex um the husband here he seemed uh, a little bit uncomfortable with the whole idea of just like being on camera uh maybe he's just you know more of a quiet shy kind of guy but it definitely seemed like it was not his idea to be <laughs> to be on the show um, throughout the episode, I was sort of thinking, so again, spoilers, they decide to go for wedding. I was not mad at this decision, but the reception in the wider space seems to be like, 
what were you guys thinking? How could you pick a ranch fountain? Yes, this is that couple, <laughs> a ranch fountain over an actual home. But to be fair, a lot of the houses uh, Nicole was showing them just seemed small. You know, they didn't have that big kitchen that they were looking for. There's a lot of times where, you know, Alex would get in the tub or the shower and he barely fit. So I was like, okay, they're gonna have to do some renovations. At one point, Precious mentions that they're not gonna be staying there long term. Like this is just kind of a starter house for them. So maybe it does make sense, you know, have that wedding, have your dream wedding and then save up once kids are in the picture because a really big plot point for Precious and Alex was that they wanted to have children but Precious was dealing with some fertility issues so would have to you know save up and pay for treatment so in my opinion if that was you know your big priority maybe don't have a big wedding or you know pay a ton for a house and, and save up for those treatments but you know whatever it's their finances they can do what they want um I, I can't imagine or i can't believe really that they stayed in their current apartment though with uh that doesn't have laundry that was one of the plot points as well they were going over to dorothy the uh alex's mom precious's mother-in-law they're going over to dorothy's house to do their laundry once a week and i was just like wow that is <laughs> that would really bother me i think i would at least be moving to a different apartment with uh in-suite laundry with hopefully a slightly larger kitchen <laughs> maybe a shower that alex actually fits in but they did them, they had their wedding. Again, it did have to be downsized because of COVID, but they were able to have their ranch fountain, which seemed to be very important to them. <laughs> Everyone, you know, different strokes for different folks, whatever works. And then the update from Women's Health is that they're actually starting fertility treatments, which is super exciting. And Precious got a promotion recently. So they're planning on having the baby and then moving, which again, not exactly how I would do it. That seems a little bit stressful to bring a baby into an apartment that is so small um, and without laundry you know babies make a lot of uh, a lot of mess I can't imagine not having laundry <laughs> in suite or at least in building um but that is their plan so happy for them and hopefully you know we hear about a pregnancy announcement uh soon out of these two Okay, episode four was called A Second Chance, and this was with Cynthia and Carla, the older lesbian couple. Um, a very, very sweet couple. Uh, they kept doing, you know, that snaps back and forth, like our big, fat, gay wedding. Very sweet. Uh, they decided to go for wedding. Um, and this one, I was kind of conflicted on this one, to be honest, because the wedding venue they went with was really expensive. And I was surprised that that uh, was their choice. But then the house that they were shown was also expensive, too. It had a really expensive HOA fee. The office space that they showed, um, I can't remember if it was Cynthia or Carla, but one of them needed an in-home office. And the one that Nicole showed to them was, was kind of weird. It was like on the main floor. It kind of just looked like a dining room. It didn't have any doors. Um, so honestly, for this one, I probably would have chose neither. <laughs> the wedding seemed expensive, the house didn't seem right, um, but they did choose wedding. And if uh, if you look closely at one point, the, uh, the footage we see from their wedding, it kind of zooms in on a sign. And it looks like the wedding was held in October, 2020. Um, and uh, that didn't, doesn't seem like the best time to be holding a wedding. Uh, it still looked like they had a pretty big party. So hopefully they were able to uh, keep things safe. You know, I don't know what safety procedures they had in place, but hopefully they were able to downsize a little bit to keep everyone safe, maybe even save some money. And then according to Women's Health, Cynthia and Carla are now working to become wedding planners. So I guess Sarah's magic rubbed off on them and they are really into this whole wedding thing. And uh, one of them was already a minister um, marrying couples. So maybe it just works. Now they have a package where they will plan your wedding and they will also uh, officiate it, which is super cool. 
Okay, next we have episode five, which was called Before Deployment with Brittany and Scott. Now, I don't I don't want to be rude, uh, but these two seemed a little bit odd to me. Like, I don't know if it was just the energy that they were giving off, um, but but they seemed they seemed a little strange. Anyways, <laughs> it was, you know, it was fine. It was happy to watch. Um, so their thing was that Scott was going to be uh, deploying again soon in the army. So they needed to decide to either get married before he left or to move into a new home so that, you know, Brittany had a little bit of space and was closer to her family. Now, this is one of those ones where I was like, okay, you really need to do both because both of those things seem really important. Like Brittany shouldn't be in a you know, tiny little apartment where she's far from her family and she has no windows for however long Scott is gone. But they also shouldn't be unmarried if that means that Brittany's not going to have any, you know, spousal privileges or, or whatever it is that she needs to uh, to have while Scott is overseas. So <laughs> this was one where I really wanted them to choose both. But the choices presented to them seemed a little bit ridiculous in my in my opinion. Again, this is all my opinion. I'm just, you know, ranting and raving over here. So one of the things that Sarah showed them for their wedding was a first dance. And she said, oh, you can get it choreographed because I guess they met on the dance floor. And the amount of money it was going to cost to have their first dance professionally, you know, choreographed just for them having a, I think it was a waltz into a hip hop or something like that was over $3,000, which is absurd. I'm sorry. I'm not a dancer. I'm not trying to you know, dump on anyone who is a professional dancer, who's a choreographer, I'm sure you are brilliant and your time is worth everything. But come on, most people who, you know, want to have professional, you know, lessons before their first dance, they'll sign up for just like group lessons, like those ones that are what, $20 a class for drop-ins, or they'll just put on a YouTube video and learn it until until they've got it. It's it's absolutely wild that they would spend over $3,000 on their first dance when their budget was, you know, not that big. It was, yeah, it was absolutely just, <laughs> it was a lot. And then, um, you know, for their uh, house, the choice that they they went for was to build their own house, which also in the moment when Nicole was presenting them to that to them, showing them the empty lot, I thought, oh my goodness, this is also ridiculous. Like, they don't have this kind of time. Scott is deploying soon. The whole idea was like, they needed to get Brittany into a home, get her settled before he deployed. They don't have time to build an entire house. But of course, that was what they ended up going for. They wanted to build their dream house, which I guess is great because they were, you know, sort of really nitpicky with the other homes that they did see. And then the update we got, um, from women's health is that they also got married. So whew, thank goodness <laughs> they were able to get married and Scott's deployment was delayed because of COVID. So they actually were able to, you know, totally finish their house and everything um, before he would have to leave. Uh, and more updates, Brittany ended up getting her MBA. So she's been very productive throughout this pandemic. She got a new job, which is exciting. And that her and Scott have also started a YouTube channel. So lots going on in the Brittany and Scott world. World. And I guess at the end of the day, they got their dream house, they got to build it from scratch, and they got married. So things really did work out for them. So in episode six, we meet uh, Alex and Whitney. This episode's called Two Nurses. So this was another lesbian couple. They are both trauma nurses, and they work and live together. So just spending 
all of their time together. At the end of the episode, they decided to choose wedding. And I think it was, you know, it was very sweet from the uh, scenes we saw from their wedding day. It did look like they had to downsize a little bit, but it was still, you know, a very sweet, small affair. It was so sweet to see them both trying on their dresses. The houses they saw were, you know, they were okay, but they did seem a little bit small. So I didn't really blame them for going for the wedding. It didn't seem like any of the houses were like dream houses. Um, I, I often get couples mixed up when they are uh, same same sex or sorry same gender um so I, the brunette in this couple seemed to be more into it than the blonde but you know again they were both there so went for the wedding it was sweet it was lovely no problems uh the update from women's health is that actually both alex and whitney have left their jobs as er nurses just having dealt with everything throughout the pandemic they were feeling really burnt out they have moved in with alex's family and they're both studying to get their master's degree and they have also got a dog so if you remember from the episode they were pretty obsessed with their cat um, so now they've added a dog into the mix as well Episode seven was called Waiting for Marriage with Haley and Andrew. Now, I'm going to probably say some things here that are going to <laughs> offend some people. Um, I am all for doing whatever you want to do, have sex when you want to have it, save yourself, or ugh, I hate that language, save yourself, but don't have sex if you don't want to have sex. I don't think you have to have it before you get married. I don't think you have to wait. I am not a religious person, but obviously Haley and Andrew are. So you do your own thing. This is all just my own opinion. Um, so as soon as I heard that they were, you know, waiting for marriage, they weren't going to have sex until they got married. I thought, oh, okay, 100%, these two are picking the wedding. There's just no way that they don't pick the wedding from friends of mine who are sort of in these religious, mostly Christian circles, uh, they tend to get married very, very young. And I'm not saying it's because they want to have sex, but I think that's definitely a contributing factor. So they do reveal in the episode that they actually, you know, already live together, but Andrew sleeps elsewhere. So at first I thought, oh, they have, you know, a couple bedrooms in the house. So, you know, they must just have separate bedrooms. Sure, that makes sense. You know, if they're not wanting to be intimate with each other, she sleeps in one room, he sleeps in the other. But it was revealed that he actually leaves the home. Like he says goodnight to her and then packs a bag and leaves and sleeps at a buddy's house. And that just seemed so wild to me, like just the most <laughs> inconvenient thing. And again, everyone, you know, you do what you want to do. If you really feel like you would be so tempted, you couldn't even, um, you know, stay under the same roof, fine. But that just seemed, wow, just incredibly inconvenient. And I can't imagine living like that. Um, I can't even imagine, you know, being the buddy who every single night you're letting Andrew come and crash, uh, you know, on your couch or in your spare room or something like that. Just Wow, absolutely wild. So I was totally blown away when these two chose house instead of wedding, given their circumstances. However, the house did really seem like fate um, with the other buyers falling, uh, falling through and them getting such a good price reduction. And the wedding that was presented to them didn't seem, you know, super, super exciting. So I understand why they went with house. Uh, thank goodness, the women's health update came through and said they actually got married seven months after moving into their new home. So amazing. I think they got married in their backyard. And it was just more of like a casual affair. So I'm very glad that they <laughs> got married and are able to actually both spend the night in their new home. That's very exciting for them. Episode eight was called Eight Years in the Making with Raven and Antonio. This was the couple that had two sons um, and were deciding whether they wanted to obviously get married or buy a house. I don't have too many notes on this episode. I think I wasn't actually taking notes during it, but I did have a little bit of a rant about why everyone spends so much money on a dress. This was, I think, probably the 
second or third couple who shared that they had already purchased their dress beforehand and that that dress, the amount that they had spent was part of the wedding budget. So they would say, oh, our wedding budget is 30,000, but I already spent, you know, 5,000 on the dress. So now it's, it's just 25. And that just kind of blows my mind um, that people would spend a fifth of their budget or a quarter of their budget on the dress. That just is such a huge, huge chunk of money. And even in the episodes where Sarah was showing um, the brides their dresses, like with uh, the nurses and also with Denise and Nick, when Sarah goes to take them dress shopping, she's still showing them these dresses that are, you know, you know, two, three, four, five plus thousands dollars, which is fine if you have a huge wedding budget or, you know, someone else is paying for the dress or you've decided that you do want to put, you know, a quarter or a fifth of your budget into the dress and everything else is going to be really, you know, paired back. But for these are couples who still want to have like, you know, an open bar and really fancy favors and a downtown venue and a limo and things like that. So it's just wild to me that they are purchasing or thinking about purchasing dresses that are this big of the budget because it is so possible to get a beautiful dress for under a thousand dollars. You just have to go to stores that sell dresses for under a thousand dollars. They exist. I promise if you head way, way back in the archives, you can listen to my episode about finding my dress. Um, got it for about $700. Uh, sorry, less than that after tax, maybe $600. So it is very possible. You just can't put on the, you know, three, four, five thousand dollar dresses because of course they're beautiful. And that's what's what you're going to end up with. It would be the same thing if you went shopping at the mall um, and, you know, tried on everything at Gucci and then had to go to Old Navy, right? Like it's it's going to feel like a downside. But if you just go into Old Navy and don't even look at Gucci, you'll find something great. Uh, sorry, that is the end of my rant on wedding dresses, except for it's probably not. Um, so the women's health update on Raven and Antonio is that uh, the reason we didn't actually get to see their wedding at the end of the show, even though they chose wedding, was because they had to postpone it due to COVID. So it sounds like it is still postponed and they are just waiting to have that special day when they safely can, which again, unfortunate because assuming this was filmed in, I don't know, late 2019, maybe early 2020, they were probably thinking to have their wedding um, a lot sooner than than what they're looking at now, which is maybe not even getting married until 2022. And they've already waited uh, so long. They've had their family and everything. So hopefully they're able to have their wedding day soon. Okay, almost to the end here. Episode nine, finally out of the friend zone with Braxton and Emily. So this was the very young couple. And I mean, I'm not super old myself, but finding it a little hard to relate to couples who are super, super young, you know, still living at home in, in separate homes, it sounded like. Uh, their parents, of course, are paying for the wedding. This was the one where Braxton like really, really needed a fancy shower. He wanted a steam shower. And it's just like, okay, calm down. You live with your parents. Like, <laughs> You can start small. Um, again, this is a couple where I, I didn't really want them to pick either the wedding or the house. I kind of wanted them to, uh, you know, maybe go off and rent a place together and just experience living together, being engaged for a little bit before they sort of jumped into this um, life that they had planned for themselves. Like they already had baby names picked out. Like it just seemed like they were really living in this sort of um you know, dreamland. And I wanted them to have a little bit more real life experience first. So they do end up picking wedding. However, I was kind of surprised that they picked wedding because um, some of the things that Sarah had them do or that she showed to them just really didn't seem that good. <laughs> um, so Sarah takes them to see that they can get an ice sculpture uh, made and they can get like a carving, an ice sculpture carving of their faces with a luge put in it 
that serves drinks. And it just seemed like, okay, are they getting married in the 80s? Like what, what couple in the 2020s, you know, young couple wants to have an ice sculpture at their wedding? Like it seemed like such a dated idea. And then they did the whole thing with the luge and like drinking the the juice or whatever it was out of Emily's butt. And I was like, this is weird. Like, this is not a, this is not a real thing. Um, Sarah then brought them to a donut place and showed them that they could have a donut wall. And again, I was like, okay, is it, you know, 2007 when everyone had donut walls? Like they're young, cool couple. Like, why are we showing them these really dated, dated things? Um, Even at the, at the wedding, she takes them to go wedding ring shopping. And I was like, okay, why are the, wedding rings so expensive like you you spend a lot on the engagement ring the actual wedding bands don't need to be thousands and thousands of dollars why are we forcing Braxton to say his vows right now like that's not a thing that has to happen just very confused by the whole wedding planning side of things but I was also pretty confused on the house buying front because it seemed like the first two houses that Nicole showed them were huge misses um, and almost on purpose, like almost like they wanted us to see, oh, the last house, this is the perfect one. I was like, okay, well then don't waste my time showing me <laughs> two houses that suck if you're only going to have one nice house. It seemed like in all the other episodes, you know, Nicole was showing three perfectly good options. So I don't understand why they changed the format for this one. But end of the day, uh, they did decide to get married, which is fine. I mean, I probably would have gone with the house just because some of those wedding options seemed, um, you know, not as, not as cool or not as good as I expected them to be. And it sort of sounded like the end of the show that they were still living apart. Like they were still both living with their parents, even though they had gotten married, which again, totally blew my mind. But thankfully, Women's Health came through with the update and they have gotten an apartment together. So the newlyweds are finally living together, probably not with the beautiful, large steam shower that Braxton wants, but at least they're together under one roof. Okay, the final couple, episode 10, a little bit classy and trashy. So this was Sarah and Eli. Eli was a veteran who had lost uh, part of his leg, and Sarah was a country singer, or I just assume country because they're in Nashville, just a singer. Um, So Sarah shows them some wedding stuff. She's got them to like a moonshine tasting, a barbecue tasting, and I was like, oh, that seems really cool. Like those seem like great options, super personalized, really fun. Uh, She then took them on a helicopter ride just to offer that as like an option for their exit from the wedding. And of course, they decide to go with the cheaper option, which is just getting a nice car. But how cool is it that they got to have the helicopter experience, right? Like that would be that's the best option, you get to try it out and they go, "Mm, nah, we'll go with the car and not pay for it. Um, Then on the house hunting side, uh, the house they decide to go for Nicole shares that, you know, they've got to put an offer in immediately because of this hot market. And, you know, of course, all of the sirens are going off. We're saying, oh, wait a minute, this isn't the, you know, this isn't the format that the show usually takes. We usually, they don't have to make a decision until the very end. So obviously we all knew something was up when they were encouraged to put an offer in on this home right away. Clearly they were choosing home. However, we get to the, um, you know, final decision scene and Nicole says, sorry, I don't have any information on that house that probably means you didn't get it however you know whatever other perks she throws in I can get you a little bit off of this other house price or painting or whatever but the couple's sort of saying okay if we can't get our dream house we'll go with the wedding especially because Sarah really came through with the deals on the wedding she was able to get them almost six thousand dollars off of their barbecue and a free helicopter ride which is like just a wild amount of savings however plot twist we knew something was coming 
the next day or however, whenever it is, Nicole and Sarah show up at Sarah and Eli's house and let them know that actually their offer on that dream house was accepted for less than they wanted to pay. So it sounds like the owners were really inspired by Sarah and Eli's story and actually accepted their offer, but for less <laughs> than they wanted to pay, which is like totally unheard of. Um, I'm not sure what strings were pulled there, but that's super, super cool. So they got the house. Uh, sadly, the women's health update is not so uh, inspiring. They actually say that Sarah and Eli may not be together anymore. They both uh, refuse to participate in this women health, women's health article, whereas all the other couples um, did participate and, you know, speak to the magazine for the article. They also reported that Sarah on Facebook um, was shown moving into a new home in Massachusetts. Neither of them have any photos posted together, uh, nothing on Instagram. So a little bit uh, sad here that potentially Sarah and Eli are not together and I guess have, you know, either sold or at least Sarah has moved out of that dream house that they had in Nashville. Okay, that is everything. That is all 10 episodes of Netflix's Marriage or Mortgage. I hope you enjoyed this little bonus episode, me sort of ranting and raving on all of the couples, giving you my opinions and sharing an update on where they are in case you have not uh, been following along. And I probably won't do too many more bonus episodes like this. I was thinking about doing one for The Wedding Coach, another Netflix show. Um, but I'm, to be honest, I'm not loving that show as much as I loved Marriage or Mortgage, so I haven't even finished it. So I don't think I'm going to do another episode. But this was super fun, and I appreciate it if you did stick around to listen to this. And I will see you back next week with a more traditional wedding planning episode, except for not traditional, because this is the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. I really appreciate it, and I hope you found the episode helpful. If you really want to make my day, you can leave me a rating and a review, follow along so you don't miss the next episode, and tell a friend about the show. Remember, you shouldn't be spending your wedding day managing other people's feelings. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.